0: Chapter four of Days with Sir Roger de Coverley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Days with Sir Roger de Coverley by Joseph Addison and Richard Steele. Chapter four. A Country Sunday. I am always very well pleased with a Country Sunday, and think, if keeping holy the seventh day were only a human institution, it would be the best method that could have been thought of for the polishing and civilizing of mankind it is certain the country people would soon degenerate into a kind of savages and barbarians were there not such frequent returns of a stated time in which a whole village meet together with their best faces and in their cleanest habits to converse with one another upon indifferent subjects hear their duties explained to them and join together in adoration of the supreme being sunday clears away the rust of the whole week not only as it refreshes in their minds the notions of religion but it puts both the sexes upon appearing in their most agreeable forms and exerting all such qualities as are apt to give them a figure in the eye of the village a country fellow distinguishes himself as much in the churchyard as a citizen does upon the change the whole parish politics being generally discussed in that place after the sermon or before the bell rings my friend sir roger being a good churchman has beautified the inside of his church with several texts of his own choosing he has likewise given a handsome pulpit cloth and railed in the communion-table at his own expense he has often told me that at his coming to his estate he found his parishioners very irregular and that in order to make them kneel and join in their responses he gave every one of them a hassock and a common prayer-book and at the same time employed an itinerant singing-master, who goes about the country for that purpose, to instruct them rightly in the tunes of the psalms, upon which they now very much value themselves, and indeed outdo most of the country churches that I have ever heard. As Sir Roger is landlord to the whole congregation, he keeps them in very good order, and will suffer nobody to sleep in it besides himself. Or if by chance he has been surprised into a short nap at sermon, upon recovering out of it he stands up and looks about him, and if he sees anybody else nodding, either wakes them himself, or sends his servants to them. Several other of the old knight's particularities break out upon these occasions. Sometimes he will be lengthening out a verse in the singing psalms half a minute after the rest of the congregation have done with it. Sometimes, when he is pleased with the matter of his devotion, he pronounces Amen three or four times to the same prayer, and sometimes stands up when everybody else is upon their knees, to count the congregation, or see if any of his tenants are missing. I was yesterday very much surprised to hear my old fellow, in the midst of the service, calling out to one john matthews to mind what he was about and not disturb the congregation this john matthews it seems is remarkable for being an idle fellow and at the time was kicking his heels for his diversions this authority of the knight though exerted in that odd manner which accompanies him in all circumstances of life has a very good effect upon the parish, who are not polite enough to see anything ridiculous in his behavior. Besides that, the general good sense and worthiness of his character makes his friends observe these little singularities, as follows that rather set off them blunish his good qualities. As soon as the sermon is finished, nobody presumes to stir till sir roger is gone out of the church the knight walks down from his seat in the chancel between a double row of his tenants that stand bowing to him on each side and every now and then inquires how such an oar's wife or mother or son or father do whom he does not see at church which is understood as a secret reprimand to the person that is absent the chaplain has often told me that upon a chastising day when sir roger has been pleased with a boy that answers well he has ordered a bible to be given him next day for his encouragement and sometimes accompanies it with a flitch of bacon to his mother sir roger has likewise added five pounds a year to the clerk's price, and that he may encourage the young fellows to make themselves perfect in the church service, as promised upon the death of the present incumbent, who is very old, to bestow it according to merit. The fair understanding between Sir Roger and his chaplain, and their mutual concurrence, is doing good, is the more remarkable because the very next village is famous for the differences and contentions that arise between the parson and the squire who live in a perpetual state of war the parson is always preaching at the squire and the squire to be revenged on the parson never comes to church the squire has made all his tenants atheists and tithy-stealers while the parson instructs them every sunday in the dignity of his order and insinuates them in almost every sermon that he is a better man than his patron in short matters are come to such an extremity that the squire has not said his prayers either in public or private this half-year and that the parson threatens him if he does not mend his manners to pray for him in the face of the whole congregation feuds of this nature though too frequent in the country are very fatal to the ordinary people who are so used to be dazzled with riches that they pay as much difference to the understanding of a man of an estate as a man of learning and are very hardly brought to regard the truth how important soever it may be that is preached to them, when they know there are several men of five hundred a year who do not believe it. End of chapter 4. Read by Elijah Fisher.